Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim where we're bringing you a very special interview with actor Kurt Jaeger about his new film, Sunrise. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. Yes, and in Sunrise, an ex-cop returns to the scene of a horrific crime and the residents of these rural towns soon discover that the dark visitor is a vampire who feeds on blood and fear. After he is befriended by a kind immigrant family, the killer is faced with a choice between revenge and redemption. Sunrise is directed by Andrew Baird, who's previously bought us such films as Zone 414 and One Day, and Sunrise's screenplay is from Oscar-nominated writer Ronan Blaney. Sunrise stars Guy Pearce, Alex Pettifer and Kurt Jaeger. Now, Kurt Jaeger is an actor, producer and disability advocate who transitioned into acting after a catastrophic accident in 2006 that led to his leg being amputated below the knee. Yeah, that's right. At the time of the accident, the former professional BMX rider was studying for his master's degree, get this, in hydrogeology bit left field. For those who don't know what that is, that's primarily a branch of earth sciences dealing with the flow of water underground and can be really instrumental in building water wells in developing countries. God, the secret life of Kurt Jaeger. That's such an interesting (laughs) background. Since his life was turned upside down, Jaeger has proven himself unstoppable, uh, turning tragedy into triumph from his first role alongside Tom Hanks in Charlie Wilson's War to his latest project opposite Alex Pettifer and Guy Pearce in vampire thriller Sunrise. In this super entertaining popcorn podcast interview, if I do say so myself, (laughs) the infectiously enthusiastic Jaeger talks about the Hollywood heavyweight who championed him right from the start of his transitioned career, how important it is to normalise disability on screen 
and the Australian TV show that he needs to guest star on to round out his acting bingo card. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Oh, he's out there, son, waiting for you. Congratulations, firstly. You've had a massive year last year. Congrats on the wedding. Thank you very much. I'm very happy about that. How does it feel to be a married man? For me, it's the, I think, the right way to feel. <laughs> It's good. I don't know. Every day is a little bit better than the last day. And yeah, I think for me, it's because she's better than I am. So it's really easy to, you know, take care of her because she just keeps doing more for me. And I feel like a jerk every day. So I'm like, (laughs) let me try more again tomorrow. And then she wants up me again. I'm like, ah, so it's sort of like a competition. Damn those wives. (laughs) I know, right? And um, congratulations on Sunrise too. What was the experience of filming that one in Ireland, like with Guy yeah. Pearce and Alex Pettifer? Oh, I mean, Guy is incredible. He's not only incredible in this film, Sunrise, but he's just a really nice person as well. Uh, we ride motorcycles, so we we're like, hey, let's get together. Like he gave me a cell phone. I was like, oh, I'm so cool. <laughs> but he, I don't know. He's just magnanimous. He, he, he was very giving as an actor pushing the limits and then being like ah, action cut oh was that good for you how, how did you feel all right Aww. let's do it again Rah! you know you're like oh this is cool and, and you know he dominates the scream and, and then you know i got to see stuff that i did with him so i'm like looking at myself alongside him being like i'm holding him down I'm staring him down I'm staring down guy I'm like, yeah look at you man look at you uh he's reynolds so I'm like Reynolds, like D and Reynolds are just like looking at each other and who, who, they might fight. Oh, but then, you know, D back down. He's <laughs> just not sure. You know, you see like my character get a little bit bigger and then mm. his dominate one more time. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Yet another person who's making you uh, raise your game. Yeah, exactly. And that was the greatest <laughs> part. It's like you want to do a good job, surround yourself with better people. Northern Ireland was amazing. Everyone there was wonderful and nice and kind and personable and everyone on set was great drivers were great the craft services were great if it wasn't i wouldn't be saying that they'd be like yeah it's good it was good I'm like, okay. <laughs> and i'd move on like i just i'm like yeah, right. but like i played disc golf a lot and so i went and played a, a course there as well and it was beautiful and i met a couple of locals who were like oh let's play it cool. they didn't care that i was an actor they just wanted to play disc golf they're beautiful beautiful place and sunrise is really really fun to film outside in the cold with the fog machines blowing all over us you're watching this film and you're like oh man it looks cold and you're like it's really cold we're not acting yeah it's really cold out yeah and then you know marching around in fields and carrying people around jumping out of trucks really fun yeah tell us a bit about your character gillespie he's the the sheriff of the town yeah for me sheriff and and He's also akin to uh, Reynolds, Guy Pierce's character, and they're all kind of like family, you know what I mean? Like cousins and brothers and all that. And what's really interesting is he's extremely powerful, but he doesn't know it. He doesn't, you know, he's so insecure that he picks on weak people and he picks on the vulnerable instead of like standing up for himself, which means he would stand up for the town and actually do something, but he just doesn't. It's not like, if you notice, like, he's not, like, wicked. Because even when he's talking to his mom and she's saying words and she's like, do you know what that word means? He's like, no, what? What, what, what? I don't have a good vocabulary, mom. I don't know. I hope this came across, but kind of sweet 
in that like dumb way, that non-malicious way. Yeah. Right. Like you know, like a puppy with teeth that he doesn't know how bad it hurts when he's stomping down and chomping. What was it about this film and the role that that hooked you in? How did how did it come to you? Uh, yeah, it actually came from a friend of mine who's a producer, Kevin uh, Mattiso. He's uh, owns Traveling Picture Show Company. Great guy, and he's like, dude, there's this one role in here that I I think is you, and it's it's nothing you've done before, but it's really really what I think you could do. So I read it, and I felt like it was like Sylvester Stallone in Copland, where he's like the cop that's just sort of there. And he could do a lot more, but he doesn't believe in himself. And he kind of beats himself up. That's like so underrated movie, by the way. Yeah. I love Copland. Then uh, Guy Pierce was in it. And I was like, wait a minute, I got a chance to work with Guy Pierce. Done. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Andrew Baird is directing. Okay. And then Martin and Janine are producing in Ireland. Done. Like it's yeah. Jib over in America with source management. I'm in. That's the one thing if people don't tell you from an actor's perspective. You would rather work on a better project because of the people, not a better project because of the script or what it could do for your career. Because hmm. you're working with people. And, and if they're horrible people, you're going to be like, I had a horrible time. And I've been on a few of those sets where there's, there's some nasty, nasty people. And you're like, we're not having, a, I don't know, a competition over, over it. We're all pulling hmm. the same way. But some people have egos. Speaking of competition, I spoke to Alex the other day and we, we were having a bit of a, a battle over who owns Guy Pearce because we claim him as Australian, ah. but he was actually technically born in the UK, apparently. <laughs> right. Yeah. Didn't he go, he moved there when he was a kid, right, to Australia? Yeah, yeah. We, we'll pretend that didn't happen, though. Like, he's always been Australian to us. You just say he's lived in Australia longer than he lived in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're on my side. I like that. Thanks, Kurt. <laughs> yeah. I'm on your side. Yeah. I love <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> now, you had an accident almost two decades ago now where your leg was amputated or your lower leg was amputated. It's been so long and you've probably talked about this like at length by now, but how did that spur your transition into acting? Why acting? Yeah. It's really interesting. I, I was working on my master's degree in hydrogeology and I was doing research at Berkeley on fluvial experimentations on dam removal. Yeah. Totally the same subject. Wow. Yeah. Left field. <laughs> yeah. Totally same thing. And I think you're the first person to even ask about this, which is great. But when I had my accident, I had three and a half months in the hospital and then another like nine months of recovery. Well, all the research I was doing continued on without me because as a master's degree student, you work with like a PhD student and then you work with your professor. Well, the work continued. Mm. And so all of the work that I did was, you know, going to go away and I had to figure out a different thesis and I was juggling that. I only had like, you know, five, six more classes to do. It wasn't even that far away. And I remember being like, I don't know if I could, the energy to redo it all right now. And I was, you know, a little down and figuring out what I wanted and the kind of hydrogeology and geological work I want to do is like, in the field hmm. where you're out hiking for multiple weeks at a time. And I'm like, can I do that with one leg? And I really didn't know. Hmm. And my aunt said, you know, when you were young and you used to make all those videos with your brothers and you loved being in front of the camera, why don't you do that? And I was like, what are you talking about? And my friend Kai overheard the conversation. He's like, yeah, you should totally do that. I'm like, you guys are idiots. Like, that's a horrible idea. That's for other people. That's you know, for someone else who's good or, or whatever it is. <laughs> and and they're like, you should do it. So my friend Kai took my photo and sent it into an audition that he found. And it was for this movie. 
and I read for the role. Uh, you know, it came to me, and they're like, "You want to read for it?" And I'm like, "I'll read for it, I guess." This is weird. And then I booked it and went and shot it, and it was Charlie Wilson's War with Tom Hanks and Amy Adams, and that was the first thing I ever did. And Mike Nichols, the director, is directing me. He's like, "How long have you been acting?" And I was like, "Today." <laughs> you know, and he's like, you're really good. And then we talked and he Aww. talked about the accident and everything else. And uh, he's like, you know, I've only told three other people this. He's like, you're a truth teller. You should you should do this because that's what acting is. That's what it was to him. Oh, my, yeah. My little buddy. Hello. <laughs> Pete Pete just came on to say hi. Hi, Pete. <laughs> well, there you go. He's dominating me right now. Yeah, yeah. Good, buddy. So that's how I got in. Like, how weird and yeah. random and... And then I, I really enjoyed the experience and I thought to myself, well, maybe I can do it because it was yeah. the first time in my life someone so huge as Mike Nichols qualified my existence. Mm. He said, no kid, you're good. And Aww. if you look up who Mike Nichols is or was, he was a giant. He won Oscars, you know, the graduate, all these massive, yeah. massive projects. And you're like, he just said I was good. How great to have someone like that champion you. Yeah. I had to prove it my whole life. I have to be smart. I have to be physical. I have to do it and I have to have everyone go, Kurt's good, but not, never had someone at the top go, you're good. It was, it was just a weird thing. And I just, maybe there's a whole other path ahead of me and having a near death experience made me think, what's the difference? I might as well do it. It's not like I'm going to die. I understand you've been working pretty tirelessly too with studios and, and industry bodies to advocate for inclusion. And we're starting to see a bit of progress with high profile shows like Echo with Alacqua Cox in the lead role. But how do you feel the fight for change is going? It's still very slow. I mean, if you see a few more high profile, like I would say blips on the radar, right? Like they're happening, but there's not like a sustained career for individuals with disabilities who've had mm -hmm. the opportunity. You know, RJ Mitty, right, was on Breaking Bad. Why didn't he get his next show and his next show and next show? He did a great job. He should have. But there's mm -hmm. no support system. There's no writers, producers, directors saying, I want him to be in our next show and our next show and next show. It's not a industry standard yet. So like, hopefully her show does really, really well. Hopefully Echo takes off. Hopefully it pops. But then how it seems to be working is you'll see someone like that get a role. Maybe they get a second season. Hopefully it happens. And then you're like, well, what happened to her? And everyone thinks what happened to her. And you're like, no, same thing didn't happen to RJ. RJ's still there making films, doing projects, but it's like, what happened to that support network? Because mm -hmm. they he was great. She's great in Echo. I went to the premiere here in LA. And you, you can go back to other characters. I mean, you look at Danny Woodburn. He's a little person. He's been, in, he was in Seinfeld. He should have his own show, but he doesn't. I don't know why. So if you look statistically, the numbers are actually a little down the last two years. Right, okay. So I'm like, ah, I got to do more. Yeah. But, you know, if any of your listeners do this, I started a film fund called the XA Endowment. And it's xaendowment.com. And we look for very large donors to want to come in. They get a tax write-off. And what we do is we find projects to get in, uh, invest in so that we can make money back, but then force the roles to open up for disability inclusion. And it's not asking. It's saying, literally, this is going to happen or there's no financial from us. So we invert the power structure a little bit. Yeah. And I guess people don't really realize that inclusion, it isn't just about representing different abilities on screen. It's normalizing that difference too. So like, I don't think your character in Sunrise references or even shows your prosthetic. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that normalizes. So now 
anyone who who would know, and I scream it from the rooftops, but they're like, oh, so an amputee can do everything that you did in the film. Yes. Mm. Now, can't you think, oh, Kurt could do anything in a film? Yes, because it's a film. It's make-believe anyway, so you could do that. And then it's also not just the normalizing, because the normalizing is a part of the requirement. The normalizing is trying to like normalize the negative connotations. But then there's also trying to find what the unique positives are. Like, what's the unique positive from growing up in a rough neighborhood? We only think, oh, he's from a rough neighborhood or she's from a rough neighborhood, so they're a gangster or this or that. Hmm. But what's the positive? Resiliency, strength, Mm -hmm. tenacity. Some people who grew up really, really nice don't have that. So when something bad happens, they just fall down. Where someone who grew up in a rough neighborhood, they're like, that ain't nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like trying to find the inclusion from a valuable perspective. Like what's valuable from that perspective? And if every, if you think every perspective has value, then you realize every human has value and every individual has value no matter what they grew up in. Such a great message. And I'm going to have to let you go soon, but... What's next for you? What does 2024 look like for Kurt? You know, more projects. I wrote a show that I sold to Sony and we're taking that out. Cool. Uh, and I have a few more that I'm worked with. One of the producers from The Good Doctor and I are working on a project and developing it right now and a few more. And if there's anyone in, the, in, in Australia, I'll come down and work with you. But I'm working with a director from the UK on a project. So okay. you guys got <laughs> to come up. But I would love to come down and do NCIS Australia. Oh yeah, the Sydney show has just taken off. It's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Why can't why? Oh, come on, like this is I've been on all the other four NCISs, yeah. so oh, cool. I gotta make it number five. We're manifesting it for you. Yes. <laughs> NCIS Sydney, Kurt. Yes. I like. <laughs> amazing. It. I love it. Thank you so much for your time, Kurt. It was really a pleasure to talk to you. Appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you for your time. Great questions. Thank you. It's best you be on your way. Stop! 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 All right, like who can we call to get this guy on NCIS Sydney? It (laughs) has to happen. We have to make sure that he completes his bingo card. If you're still listening, let's all manifest this one. Yeah, you know, I got off that call and had the biggest smile on my face and pep in my step. Mm. What a fun, inspiring, positive force of nature he is in complete opposition to the character that he plays in Sunrise. Right. Oh God. It was it was so wonderful hearing you talk to Kurt. It's one of my favorite ones that you've ever done. I was so excited to have brought it to you. He has such a great energy and you can see what he brings to Sunrise uh, in US cinemas and on digital and on demand from January 19. And don't forget to listen to our interviews with Sunrise star Alex Pettifer and its director Andrew Baird on your favorite podcast platform. As always, friends, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. If you enjoy our episodes, head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. While you're there, we would love you to rate us and leave a review. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Alexa, and where all good podcasts are found.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.